gathered again today to talk about uh, some stuff that we couldn't go into as much detail in on Sunday, right? Hence, yeah. cutting room floor. Um, a couple weeks ago, uh, started, not this Sunday, but the Sunday before, sort of talking about 1 Corinthians 14, 1 Timothy 2, this idea yeah. of women in ministry and how we understand that here at Wellspring. Totally. Um, but we wanted to kind of dive a level deeper um, today and sort of lean into... You know, in the New Testament, you get to these passages. Uh, yeah. 1 Timothy 3, I think, is a good example where it's like, okay, this is who an elder is. Yeah. Um, and wanted to kind of just lean in there a little sure. bit because sometimes we read it and we think, oh, obviously women would be excluded, excluded from, this. from this. Yeah. Um, but you've done some sort of reading, some thinking about it, and maybe we could sort of lean in. Totally. Yeah. And maybe just to be, I'll be kind of brief here is to yeah. set the context. That'd be great. We're talking about first Timothy three, it's the first seven verses in that okay. chapter. I won't read all of it, but you kind of read it in English. This is the English standard yeah. version. Paul writes, the saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires or desires the office of overseer or elder, he does, he desires a noble task. Yeah. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife. Then he goes on to list some qualifications. Uh, and then in verse four, he says he must manage his own household well. He goes on. He must not be a recent convert. He must not be puffed up with conceit. Moreover, he, mu he must be well thought of okay. amongst outsiders. So there's all this he yeah. kind of male-centric language. Yeah. And so the question kind of so becomes... you read it in English and you think... Uh... Isn't this common sense? Totally. Yeah. All right. So tell me the first thing I should be thinking about when I read this. Sure. Yeah. Well, the first thing that kind of jumps off, at least for me, is yeah. in verse one, Paul says, if anyone. So anyone. This isn't if if sort of said male. Totally. In Ephesus. Yeah. If you want to. He says, no, anyone. Anyone. And in context, it's important just to recognize that chapter three, verse one those chapter and verse numbers aren't there in the yeah. original. So in context, Paul has just talked to both men and women in chapter okay. two. And so in the natural flow of the letter, Paul is saying, if anyone, yeah. hence prior it's intuitive, back, intuitive it's both men and women, at least yeah. in context, who he's just addressed. Yeah. So if anyone desires to this office, he goes on to say that person, he desires a noble task. Okay. So that's kind of just step one point there. One. Yeah. Right, anyone so is anyone. Anyone is anyone. All right. Point two. The second one is to, is to point out that the Greek in the Greek language, with when you're reading this in English, all those times that I talked about he when I was yeah. reading that, all those he's aren't there in the original text in the okay. Greek language. So, so in Greek, you have a verb. Yeah. And that verb, right, can be that you determine the pronoun of he, she, it. Yeah. Uh, so what it says in the text is verb. Yeah. And then an interpreter has to needs put to in. decide whether it's a he, she, or an it. Exactly, yeah. So like when Paul writes, he, he must manage his own household well, yeah. there's a verb there for manage yeah. that isn't including a pronoun in that original yeah. Greek manuscript there. And so what then we as translators have to do is determine via context what Paul is referring yeah. to. And so, so you wouldn't say it. You wouldn't say it. And very rarely in Greek would you use a female pronoun to apply to both men, men and exactly. women. Exactly, yeah. So if you use anyone... You almost certainly are going to do he totally because he would then cover everyone. Cover both, yeah. So we see this normally, like it's kind of almost common sense, at least yeah. nowadays, when Paul refers to, hey, brothers, yeah. and he references the church as brothers, yeah. we most often recognize that Paul is referring not just to the brothers men. Brothers and there. sisters. It's brothers and sisters. Yeah. And a lot of our English translations have kind of updated yeah. that um, in that regard. So just even the way... Greek works in yeah. that regard when you're referencing a male pronoun. It doesn't mean it's exclusively male. And we have that in English, So, like, too. we could say uh, one 
should manage their household well. Exactly. Yeah. Kind of a, a fair way a neutral pronoun yeah. right there. Yeah. So that that's kind of the, the second okay. main main bucket All there. Right, so we have anyone. Yeah. And then we have neutral verbs that yeah. don't actually say he. Totally. Uh, so could be one. One. Okay. Now three. Uh, number three would be if you keep reading in the next paragraph, yeah. Paul is going to have qualifications for deacons. Okay. And in that paragraph, he's going to actually give this kind of the same description, the exact same description. Yeah. Wait, so we, hold on a second. Deacons and elders. Deacons and elders, yeah. Are both like kind of leadership roles. In the church. In the church. Yeah. So the first section is about elders. Yeah. We're kind of like... If you're not familiar with that language, kind of like the people running totally. the church, right? So yeah. this could be like the board. Exactly. Um, and then a, a deacon is could could be a leader, a servant, like but it's usually a specific leadership role. Exactly. A so designated Paul, role. So Paul talks about one role and then he talks about the next role. The next Elders role. and then deacons. Yeah, in the very next paragraph. And a lot of the qualifications overlap. Okay. And in particular, one in verse twelve, Paul writes that a deacon is to be a husband of one wife. Okay. Now, if we were to then say, okay, that means he's again referring to males only, yeah. and in particular, they'd be married, yeah. then automatically, just by looking at the rest of Scripture, we yeah. see that there's a contradiction okay. a little bit going on there. Because you even referenced this last week, that Paul, within his own ministry team, yeah. had Phoebe, who totally. he describes in, very clearly in Romans 16 yeah. as a deacon. Yeah. So not only is she not a, not a male, yeah. she's also we don't know if she's married or not. Yeah. Um, which also kind of leads into this idea that Jesus and Paul, if we're making this to be men that are married, yeah. would be more or less disqualified yeah. from this. So if you read, uh, so am I right in understanding that it says both in elders and for deacons that they has to be a, a husband Hus who's married? Husband of one wife, yeah. yeah, as the language. So, But sometimes we read that and think, okay, in order to be an elder or a deacon, yeah. you need to be a man who is married. Who is married, yeah. But then Paul and Jesus would both be disqualified. Disqualified, yeah. And we know of female deacons. Exactly. So not only, so then sort of summarizing, anyone is allowed. Yes. The pronoun is not he. Not there. And we know that even if you wanted to say, okay, but the pronoun should be a he, when you then get into deacons, we know there are female deacons. Exactly, yeah. And so we know then that the pronoun and exactly. the married to someone... Uh, particularly a husband married to a wife yes. doesn't apply to someone like Phoebe. Doesn't apply to Phoebe. So then you can't use that rationale. You can't use that logic. Yeah, yeah. The, the argument breaks down there the moment you kind of okay. see the, the broader context. Okay. And then you can go even one step further. So this would be the, the fifth point or the fourth yeah. point here is that when Paul references that phrase, one woman, man, yeah. that phrase gets repeated again for widows, okay. qualifications for widows in chapter five yeah. of first Timothy talking about what kind of widows can get financial support okay. from the church. And it has to be a, what, what does they say in chapter? So five? it's in chapter five, verse nine, Paul says that let this person be a wife of one husband or it's a one man woman. Okay. But we know that a widow is not married. Exactly. Right. So he can't be talking about, so what is he talking about then? He's talking about marital fidelity, marital faithfulness. Okay. And that's where I think the qualification so when Paul there. says to elders and to deacons yes. and to widows yes. is, hey guys, I want you to be sexually faithful. Faithful. Yeah. So within the covenant for, of marriage. So within the for the widow, it's while you were married. Exactly. I want you to be faithful. For deacons and for elders, you can't be polygamous. Totally. Yeah. You can't be sort of seeing prostitutes. Totally. So that makes sense. It makes then. sense, especially in, in Ephesus when we yeah. get all the background of that. But as far as yeah. marital fidelity goes, that's a very big thing yeah. for Paul and the local church communities yeah. as far as... And the whole arc of Scripture. Totally. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's the that's the next one. 
Um, the, the one after that that I just want to briefly mention is that when you read all these qualifications in the paragraph yeah. there in 1 Timothy 3 and even in the deacons in the next paragraph, all of these qualifications, if you broaden out within just 1 Timothy itself, mm -hmm. Paul applies these same qualifications, whether it's being one who does good, who yeah. is managing their household yeah. well, is not given over to greed or pride. All these things are applied to women throughout the rest of the letter. Yeah. And so, so you women can't... are asked to do those very exact things same things in the letter. So yeah. it's not like these are just things that Paul has said, oh, the men have to do totally. these things. Yeah. These are actually ethical obligations or moral or character yes. obligations that are applied to women Throughout the letter. Throughout the whole letter, yeah. And I have a whole list here, and we can link the yeah. article for this in the, show, in the notes or whatever below. But there's a whole, you know, I don't know, 10, 12 bullet points here showing yeah. where Paul is using the exact same language yeah. of qualifications for the elders for also the women throughout the rest of yeah. this letter here, all within just the same book. Yeah. Um, so that's the second to last one. The very last one I want to mention is that even for those, again, there's smart people who yeah. love Jesus, love the scriptures, who disagree on this. Sure. For those who take the view that would read 1 Timothy 2 and 3 as applying to males only in the elder role, sure. they would even say that 1 Timothy 3 can't be the place where you make that final argument from. Okay. And so they recognize, based on a lot of things that we just talked about, how the Greek language works, yeah. that phrase, one woman, man, yeah. how you know the nuances of all that, that just looking at 1 Timothy 3 alone is not enough to build a case okay. of saying that this role is excluded only for or is, is only meant for yeah. men. So what even, even the folks that would say women can't be elders yeah. would acknowledge that sort of the common sense reading of first Timothy three yeah. doesn't preclude women. Totally. Even though on its in own English, yeah. it feels like mm, maybe it's like, no, actually that's not true. And even the people totally. that would say that doesn't, women can't be elders would acknowledge that first Timothy three isn't the place to exactly. go to. Yeah. You have You'd to go... have to go back to first Timothy yes. two and this idea of, Women, silence, not teaching, totally. or ex exercising authority over a man. Exactly. Which yeah. we talked about a couple, we talked weeks, about a couple ago, weeks ago. And you can make, I think, really good arguments yeah. for why that is contextual. Sure. And actually shouldn't be applied yes. in like Wellspring or a modern church. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So it's perfect. Yeah. So there's all these, again, really good, I think, biblical reasons. Yeah. This isn't just like we're pulling not just some out of the like, hat. You know? Yeah. We're not. Well, and we're not. Just sort of like we don't have a ideology sure. that we're trying to twist the scriptures. Yeah, yeah. Like we're trying to take the scripture actually really seriously. Yeah, yeah. I think that's important to, to and, say. And yeah. and this is part of what it means to take the scripture seriously. And you can you can land at different points. Totally. But you can be a very serious yes. student of the Bible. Totally. And come to a fully uh, egalitarian, which would mean that men and women can both share all the yes. different roles in the church. Mm -hmm. Uh, and take the scripture super seriously. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Sounds good. Awesome.